On the next episode of Colony Confidential, learn more about hiring practices and two new tips I learned that will change the way you interview and hire. So how I got started in pest control is obvious through my father. My name is Edward J. Sheehan. Joseph P. Sheehan, Colony Pest Management, Brooklyn, New York. Colony Confidential is about money. I said I want cash. Business and family. Working with family is the toughest fucking thing you'll ever have to do. Or it could be the best. Ben. Colony Confidential. This all has to be edited, deleted, and burned. All right, so today we're going to discuss retention. I mean, basically, retention... You got to start at the very beginning with hiring the right person. Would you agree? Yeah, that's a very difficult thing to do. But when you're hiring for the right person, you're you're not hiring for the skill set. Anybody that knows is that you can train anyone to do it exactly how you want to do it. And we at Colony prefer someone with no experience so they don't know anything but what we show them. But again, it is it is about hiring for character and does the employee fit the company culture? Whatever your culture is, everyone's culture is different. But I was at a, a CO2 conference in December for Cole March and one entire day was about hiring and how to hire. So it, it really is about do they fit your company culture, whatever it is. If your culture is crazy, whatever your company culture is. Would you, what kind of culture did you have, Mr. Sheehan, over there? Uh, sort of like a family culture, if it, you know, and what I, what I would look. Uh, the interview was very important that you kept eye contact, contact with me. I don't want you looking down. I wanted you to be have some uh, more than average verbal skills and like just a friendly nature because I always picture it like I'm sending this guy to someone's house and, uh, you know, you got you to gotta come in and say, hey, uh, the exterminator, you got to be welcomed. Oh, this guy's, this guy's good. He's a n- nice guy. Um, part, of, uh, part of that was we, we had notes on, on different, mostly uh, private homes. Um, and I started that early on myself where, you know, where's, where's grandma today? She's in the hospital. Make a note on that. You come back next time. How's grandma? Oh, she's better. Or she died. Well, not good to hear. But anyway, shows you you want to get in. You want this guy to become not part of their family, but part of their group in a way. He's a the exterminator is a limited part, but it's a pleasure when the guy shows up. The guy's a pleasure. Well, maybe I'm using too much of a word. It's not a bad thing, as opposed to a guy that shows up, and and uh, I'm the exterminator, and he doesn't make eye. He just does his business like he's a zero. Well, yeah, so it's character, it's attitude. And then the the other thing, um, talking about hiring, but then, you know, go on to retention. Well, this is all retention. This is where we're starting. The hiring is where you so, start. So, so what I... What hold I, on one second. Let me, let me tie it all in for you. I'll help you out. Thank okay? you. So we're starting with hiring. The whole This is all about retention. We'll get into other aspects of retention. But we're saying that hiring is where it starts. And if you've listened to some of our podcasts already, which I'm sure you have, you'll know that I'm a big fan of processes and getting everything and having a checklist. So with hiring the checklist, because as an owner, you have this all in your head. You need to get it out of your head and on paper so that you could delegate to people to do it as you grow. And you want a hiring process and a form or a checklist. Um, How was the, the candidate dressed? Did they maintain eye contact, body language while they were sitting in the interview? All of these things. And whatever you are looking for, were they smiling? Were they not smiling? How was their handshake? Was it firm? Was it not firm? Was it a dead fish? 
Everybody in New York knows what I'm talking about with the dead fish handshake. These are the things, and this is on your checklist. And then you need to decide how many of those things on your checklist you want. You probably want them all to for the perfect candidate to fit your culture. So hire the right person. What were you going to say, Mr. Sheehan? You know, I would sit myself when I'd be sitting alone thinking of this. And I would be putting myself on the other side of the desk. What did I want when I went there? You know, you know what you want. You got your culture. But you have to understand, too, that the guy that's looking for a job, he's got his expectations. And I remember uh, when I worked for um, a big company in the city, they laid out everything that I could expect. And when I asked a few questions, they answered them. And um, no one had ever done that before because I'd worked, like, for mom-and-pop places yeah, you okay, yeah, yeah, it looks like you're breathing, uh, okay, you're hired. And um, and I ke- kept that with me, and when I go out recruiting guys, because I would go out and recruit people, when, you know, we would be doing, working in nursing homes or hospitals, and I'd see somebody there that was a hard worker, guy had a smile, it was great to talk to, and I found out I could match or beat their salaries in pest control, and those guys... I would lay out for them, this is what's going to happen, uh, this is what you have to do, and this is what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. So I want what I wanted, but you got to infuse in them that they're going to get maybe not everything they want, but they're going to they're gonna better their lives by coming to work and staying. It's got to be a process. It's, you know, guys had asked me, like, um, I hired this guy, gave him the top pay right away, $15. So... What do you do if he turns out to be really good? Well, I gave him the $15 up front. Now, it don't work that way. You have to tell them how, how their salary will go up if they, not when they perform what you expect them to perform. Yeah, but, but you, have to, you have to infuse this in their brain. From, in from the, the hiring. Yeah, point. okay, so. During okay. hiring. So at Colony, I mean, benefits and pay is very big, and I think that not every company is offering this for whatever reason, but it is in your best interest to offer benefits and pay. What's the current going rate? You should have, uh, uh, like you said, during the interview process, if you if you find the candidate, you think the candidate's gonna fit, you should go into the benefits process. You start off with this pay, exactly like what you said, when you went to that company and no one ever laid it out for you, at Colony, you come in and we say, you have no experience, you start at this rate. After you're done with our training program, which is four to six weeks, you get bumped up to this rate. Once you get certified, you get bumped up to this rate. You have quarterly reviews your first year. During each one of those reviews, you could get bumped up until you hit top pay. One of the other things that I noticed on the interview, like we would tell them, like, um, we're going to get, you're going to go to school and you got to get a New York State certification. And if they, well, why do I have to do that? You just failed. Right. Well, they. I mean, again, some that's of them part get, of the get company really culture. Really excited, like, oh, I, I said, listen, I'm going to pay for it. Right. And you got to pay me back once you pass. That that was during a different pay scale for the thing. What what we do now at Colonies, we pay half of everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's and it's funny because we spoke about this in 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 the last podcast um, about a, a a former technician who left with no notice and was coming back and uh, we re-interviewed him recently and he's back. I know you would you were happy about I was that. Big on that. Um but he came in and he answered all the questions right. He was apologetic and one two there were a bunch of things that he said about 
uh, but one of it was he's like, I didn't realize that this was a skill and a trade. And uh, and one of the things that was good and I think really got to um, my operations manager was he was like, I never had uh, bosses or he was like, let alone an owner that I could talk to or, you know, everything that I asked for, you guys gave me. You had everything planned out even when I didn't reach um, certain. So the lamb that has strayed has returned to the fold. Okay, biblical ed and this is actually the second person that did that but anyway the point is is about benefits and pay so at colony we tell them and i don't know how many people are doing this but they get x amount of sick days after a certain amount of time x amount of vacation after one year they get a 401k with match um there's other benefits like um through our benefit plan package they have life insurance up to a hundred thousand dollars without any um medical checks and uh due to what we're doing now they have access to a network where uh, somebody just went to get a hotel and through our new benefits package they were able to save a hundred dollars a night on the hotel so it's, it's things like this that as the owner that you got to search out to show hey this is what we're doing and when you're giving them benefits if you can afford it and it doesn't hurt your bottom line you can pay for the whole thing but most for an companies, outstanding employee well you can't Okay, so that should go back to the HR. That's illegal. That's discrimination. It is discrimination. Don't do that, Mr. Mr. America out there. But the point is, whatever you're for the benefits package, it's got to be the same. So, for so, so this management is, this can is be different. Socialism. Why should I work harder than anybody else if I'm not going to get treated better than some other? Well, you you would dick. probably get a better pay, right? Wouldn't you get a better pay scale? Yes, it's still America. It's still capitalism. You would get paid better. For management, there's different classifications, and don't take that. You have to speak to an HR person who knows the law in your state. But there's different packages you could do for better employees. And remember, a bonus is strictly a bonus based off your performance. So you could do it that way also. Anyway, benefits and everything like that, because Ed Sheehan will go nuts if we keep talking about HR and how people got to all be treated the same. So the company culture, right? But yeah, the, the benefits and the pay would probably be the second thing to consider. First, getting the right person in the building in the first place. And then, not to say hooking them, but... No, you're it correct. Is, it's hooking them. It is the it benefits just, and the pay package that is going to really get you to pick one company over another as a candidate. Because when you're coming in, you don't right. know anything about the company culture. And, and guys, guys that work for us. So we send a lot of our guys for continuing education. And some guys will come back and be like, I was talking to this guy. He's been doing this for two years. And he makes $20 an hour. And then I find out what company he works for. And I, and I, $20 an hour is $20 an hour. He's a 1099 employee, no benefits, no nothing. And my guys are making, let's say, $18 an hour, $2 less with benefits, with 401k, with time off. They don't have to worry about paying their taxes at the end of the year. So these are things that you, you know, so essentially my guys are making more money than these people. And the guy making the $20 an hour is using his personal vehicle. So, it, it, and, and this is part of the benefits. And you have to sell, you have, you're a salesman. So, you have to so sell the way your I would sell that, I would tell them, yeah, they're working on a 1099. So $20 an hour, deduct $3 an hour for taxes. So he's making 17 Well, not only that, but all the other things. There's no, because that, that's that. Start with the money and then the benefits. Yes, but so you have to remember $20 an hour and $18 an hour, $10.99 or not, is the same. If you're hiring. Because you're going to pay taxes. The difference is is that 
we we pay your taxes we 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 handle all your tax stuff but the, the if it was just dollar for dollar if we gave our guys 18 and this guy was making 20 the guy at 20 is doing better if everything else was the same but he's using his personal vehicle that he may or may not be getting a stipend for but it's still his personal vehicle he doesn't have health care he doesn't have 401k yeah, he doesn't have time off so that's it your your benefits are all the benefits of being at the company if you do events so colony we have an annual holiday dinner we do all types of events. Bowling um, night, bowling, pick, family picnics. We do family barbecue. We, we try to do apple picking. Um, this is how you build the company culture. Everyone gets to mingle. You invite some events are employees only. Other events like the summer barbecue is employees and their families. But this is how you build the company culture. I like to, when we're hiring people, we tell everybody this is a family business with a corporate feel because we do have all of the processes of a corporation, let's say, or we try to have them so that everybody knows, like we were talking about before, this is what you're getting into when you get into it. But we are still a family. Myself, my operations manager, there's an open door policy. Nobody is unreachable. If you have an issue, you can talk to myself, my operations manager, lead tech, whoever you want. So this is how you build the company culture. I think family is good. As you grow, I think it's more and more difficult. But the culture stays within. Even if you as the owner, as you grow to uh, multiples of millions, you still want that family culture. Oh, this is how I feel. You still want that family culture within your organization, even if it's the techs and the office and sales, even if they're like, let's say those are families and then they're all it's it's all one big cousins or something like that just as a weak analogy so <coughs> i would just like to say these younger guys really don't care about health insurance they know about it they don't care no one's going to get sick when they're young this is the way i felt this is i remember guys that they went to work for me like you know give you a health care pack yeah i don't need that guys with families yes they do so, well, I, you know, you got to tell them about it, obviously, but I would stress the money and how much money they could make. Also, the other thing, the too. The 401k, too, though. And, and here's the problem. This all goes back into educating and fitting the right culture because if you're 22 years old and you say, I don't need to save money now, save when I'm older, that's when you got to pull that youngster aside and be like, yo, I understand, but if you put $10, if you put $10 away and I put $10 for you, that's 20. That's going to go with you forever. That money is with right. you forever. Okay. You just said, I got to tell that youngster. I know. I said it on purpose because <laughs> I'm a jerk. But also, even with the healthcare, there's various packages now. Like, you don't need the platinum care as a young person. You could get a plan for X amount of dollars a month, and I don't remember the exact number. But it's, uh, and you would speak, this is again, when you have a benefits package and you have a, 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 an admin doing it or a broker, but they have plans for those young people where it's strictly an emergency basis. It's it, it's one one physical a year that they may never use, but God forbid something happens, okay. they do have coverage. And instead of, let's say, it costing the company, owners listen, instead of it costing the company $700 or 600 or whatever your packages are for a single guy, now it bumps it down to three or 400 that you're paying. They also have these other health savings accounts that, that guys can do where they just put money away for this and if something does happen, they have a, somewhat of a discount. But 
This is what a benefits package person is. What for. about do you stress about bringing in new business commissions and stuff? Yes, yes. Benefit. I mean, that's part of benefits. If they get a commission, and I would imagine everybody is offering their technicians some sort of commission mm-hmm. based off them getting new business. And we, it, when I when we say sales, we're not making them sell. We're paying them for leads they generate that we will close oh, because we don't okay. want to turn them all into salespeople because they might not sell it right. And Good it's hard point. To train Good that. point. So we do have you give us ten leads a month, and we close to you get a commission but it is on a closing rate but the benefits package is very important um another thing that that uh i learned recently or i I guess i always knew but it was it was re refreshed in my mind is about developing leaders and really staying out of their way um one of the hardest things for me as i'm growing was letting go you might want to put that on vibrate bro um, so you, you allowing your employees to experience failure is tough because essentially it's the company in part experience failure, but it's something you need to do to allow them to grow. And it's, and it's about building the business and building your team. And if you give somebody the leeway and let them experience failure, watch it unfold, talk to them when it happens, don't scream and yell at them and say, you suck, you fucked up, blah, blah, blah. Just explain how it was, see what they learned from it, and let them to continue. As an owner, you will have a much better life, and your team will be that much better because they feel like you trust them. You see, you look like you want to say something. You can interrupt me whenever you want, like I do you. Um, no, I think your point's well taken. You covered it pretty well. Um, okay, so... That uh, thank God that's on tape. That's fucking amazing. So I mean, look, the bottom line here with retention is if you take care of your employees, they will take care of your customers. And and something that over the past two years has really resonated throughout my company with myself and my operations manager and other management is your employees come first before the customer. And because once your employees realize that they are important. And you put in them first, they will in turn do that with your customer base and you'll have a great a great relationship with everybody. It all goes back to um, I had a um, um, boss one time, Sal Foreman, and he told me, you got to take care of the horses that are pulling the wagon. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all lose sight of that. And I would say up until two years ago, we had uh, our company culture started to change two or three years ago. And it was better pay, better benefits, uh, better communication with the guys. And it's, it's been working out. Okay, I have a quick question just to wrap up our episode today. Have you ever been fired? Yes. Okay, can you give us a story? Uh, I've been fired twice. While I was in college, one, I gave, uh, I was working in a restaurant and I gave a friend a glass of wine and I didn't put it on the bill. Uh, You know, you make mistakes sometimes, so they fired me for that. Um, And I worked in a movie theater and I was working on Easter Sunday and I was supposed to finish at 12 and they said, you have to stay. And at one o'clock, I closed my drawer and I walked to the manager's office. I said, I have a family event to go to. I was here from 8 to 12. I stayed till 1. You guys aren't coming to relieve me. Here's my drawer. I got to go. I counted it out. Here's the number that I counted. I have a family event. I have to go. And they let me go for that. So those were the two times I was fired. So no big dramatic firing. No great story. No. Nah. I have a good story. What about you? You were fired? Were you fired? Yeah. 
I was working. You I, see, uh, this is where video would be essential because his um, face was so disappointed. I, uh, the first guy I worked for, I don't even mention his name, was a pathological liar. We won't get into that. Anyway, <clears throat> I had left and I got a job with a union company. And at the time, I was trying to start my own business with my cousin, Johnny Birmingham. He came up with the idea of the name of the company, Checkmate. And he went and got business cards printed. And I saw them. I'm like, ah, oh, it had my address on a home address and his home address on the other ones. Somehow, the first guy I worked for got a hold of one. And he sent it to this guy I was working for at the time. And the guy said, I got to fire you. are doing your own business. So I told him, yeah, I am. On my own time, with my own chemical. Well, I think you're using my chemical. I said, you give me a gallon of Bagon to use for a month. I said, that ain't even enough. I'm using some of my stuff on your account. He said, well, I got to fire you. I said, okay. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm outside. So, you know, my car's parked by, happened to be parked by a payphone. So he sent out this really nice man. His name was Sam. He was the foreman. He's, oh, I'm really sorry, kid. I go, well, what am I going to do? I called the first guy I worked for. And I said, listen, uh, I just got fired. Oh, my God, how'd that happen? I didn't know. I hadn't rock solid in my mind that he was the reason. So anyway, I said, look, I work for you three days a week. Oh, I'd love to have you back. Okay. In the meantime, my friend Jimmy Maloney that worked for the company that fired me, they called him in because he was in trouble. He said, I don't know anything about it. They, so they showed him a card. And the only one who got that card was Howard. She didn't even mention a bastard's name. Anyway, so I got fired. I went back to work for him, and then I got a job with the Board of Education as an exterminator, which, quite frankly, What's the at bad the time— fire? What's the bad firing? The bad—you said you got fired, and it was a bad story. Where the thing with that? Howard, just—I'm leading up to this. Okay. So— It's a fucking long I think it, bro. Okay, f I'm, I'll hurry it up. Years later, at Temco, uh, I became the manager of the exterminating division— and when I went to work for Temco, um, I put this guy, called this guy, you know, I need a reference. I'll give you a reference. So two months later, I get called in. You ever hear a checkmate exterminators? I said, no, it's freaking Howard. Anyway, so years later when I get to run, they didn't fire me because I had gotten back a lot of the stops they had lost on the route I was doing. So anyway, um, years later, I'm in charge. I, I have all the personnel files sent down. And there's this letter in my personnel file from the son of a bitch. So I make three or four copies. On the way home, I stop by. They go, I'm going to screw you every chance I get. I never wrote that letter. He tears it up. I go, here's another one. Tear it up. How many more you want to tear up? So was it a, was it a, a bad firing? or No, but it, it, it drove me that every chance I got, I took this guy's stop. I screwed him every way I went until I met him in uh, the gym, and he came over. He says, I want to talk to you. Talk. He says, I got six months to live. I got cancer. I go, okay. He goes, I want to be friends. I go, no, I'll be friendly to you, but I'm not going to be your friend. So, so just for everybody listening, that's known as something called Irish Alzheimer's. We forget everything but the grudges. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. Um, first of all, you have to realize that no two employees are the same. Uh, I say this all the time. You're like a band leader conducting an orchestra. So some people, you really, you know, uh, you, whatever, whatever life throws at them, they're just not cutting it. And 
that's like a hard thing to do, but you have to you have to understand that person who's a nice person but can't keep his shit together for whatever reason. He's interfering with the rest of the people that work for you and you, and how you support your family, uh, how they support their family. So this guy has to go. So you're gonna tell him, look, I'm sorry about your trouble, but you, you're just not working out. For, we we you're not doing what what you told us you could do or would do. So I gotta let you go. On the other hand, there's this other what I call a get over fucker that just comes and figures a way I can get some money and do shit. That's a guy you just make sure you write him up as much as you can, get as much witnesses to his screwing up as you can, because you know he's going to try and get everything he can with you, unemployment insurance, whatever. And then you just tell him, I'm tired of you, you have to go. And that's it. The no nice. Um, do you want me to give you a couple of instances of people we caught that didn't work? We was sort of nasty. Um, when I owned this other company with another gentleman, uh, I found out that the signatures we were getting on some apartment buildings were all the same. How did I know that? Because my mom and dad uh, uh, were educated in Ireland, which was once um, uh, taken advantage of by the British, and you know they were robbed by the British, same as the people in Egypt and other places. And this guy that worked for us was an Egyptian, and his handwriting was just like very similar to my mother and father's. Anyway, we followed him. We found out that he was running in and out of these places. And also, on one of the slips, he was putting down apartment 1C, 2D. But in that building, the apartments were numbered 101, 204. So I told him, I'm firing this guy. And my partner told me, you know, don't get like you're doing it real nasty. I said, are right, you fire him then? So... The guy started giving him lip and blah, blah, blah. And the guy was a Jewish guy, and there was some trouble, whatever it always is, with the Arabs and the Israelis. And uh, next thing, this guy that told me to be calm jumps over the counter, and he's going to beat the shit out of him with a tire iron. <laughs> so we, we grabbed this guy, and we took him out to his car, not my partner, the other guy. And we found a lot of chemical and stuff in his trunk. And so we decided, since he had robbed us by robbing time from us, we stole, excuse me, we let, him pay, we let him pay back what he owed us with his chemical. I think we even took the spare tire to his car, and then we dumped him. Allegedly. The other, um, the other time was um, somebody called up and said there was money stolen. I got this little prick. Uh, I said, you know, they're saying he stole money. No, I would never do that, man. I mean, the guy is so sincere. You'd actually like, so I said, okay. So I called my brother Jimmy a week later. I said, listen, I want to put $10 in your bedroom, 10 $10 bills on the send this guy over there. So I tell him, just let him walk around. <laughs> so we send the guy over there. But we had, we had this is old time, we Xerox copies of the, of the bills. So my brother lets his has his wife let the guy in. He's hiding in a closet. <laughs> so guy leaves. He goes, yep, he took three of the bills, took three of the bills. And I could have arrested him. I seen him do it. I go, Jimmy, I know you're a cop. I'll handle this. So he comes, I says, the guy just called, said you stole three $10 bills. You know, I don't know why this is happening. I go, empty your pockets. No, I go, empty your fucking pockets. So he shut the door. I have two of my other guys in there with me. He shut the door to the office. And we matched up the things with the things that we took. So it was Friday and payday. We, we didn't pay him. Allegedly. And um, so to continue the story, sometime later I get a call from a, 
a guy that was a member of the Pest Control Association in New York City. He's, this kid said he used to work for him. I saw all I could tell you is I would never hire this guy. So he hires him. And about three months later, guess who's in the paper? This little prick. Um, the guy that hired him had the uh, contract to a lot of police station. And this guy got into the evidence cage. And I took a whole stack of bills, clearly marked evidence, and went down. It used to be a pawn shop in Atlantic and Flatbush. I don't know if it's still there. Goes into the pawn shop and tells the guy he wants to pawn the money. The guy goes, come back in an hour. So they came back and they arrested him. And so, you know, it was a really good ending. I'm sure he didn't do as much time as I think he should have done. But anyway, those, those two firings stand out in my mind. So, yeah, talking about relationship building and maintaining a network, my alma mater, SUNY College at Old Westbury, has decided to give me an alumni leadership award. That's right, me, Joseph P. Sheehan. So it's going to be presented to me at the annual polo match and lawn party, which is Sunday, September 30th at Beth Page State Park. The polo matches from 2.30 to 5 p.m. And there is an after party from 5 to 7. And two of the craziest stories submitted at colonyconfidential at gmail.com will be picked. And you will be able to sit at the table with myself and Ed on September 30th at Beth Page State Park for the SUNY Old Westbury annual polo match and lawn party. Thanks again for listening to Colony Confidential. I look forward to seeing you two lucky contestants at the polo match. Don't forget to subscribe and review. Send us anything you want us to know about at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.